Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt, and today we learn how to develop our natural telepathic abilities with our family pets and animals in our daily lives with author Miss Lori Spagna. So with that, Lori, welcome to Merkava Chakras. Hello. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited about it, about our time together. Me too. One of my favorite interviews to do is to interview pet mediums. And not just pet mediums, but how can we learn to do it for itself? Because I like to give people seeds so they can plant their own garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. too much. It's too much work to do it for everybody else. You do it for yourself. So yeah. I love this is one of my favorite topics and I'm an animal lover. So um, before we get into the courses and the offerings that you offer to teach the skill that everyone has the ability to do, um, please tell the audience, how did you start your telepathic animal communication work? Well, what started for me, the way it started for me was actually, I was like on a spiritual journey to find love. That's really what it was. My, the earliest sign was that the way it started in the earliest was that my brother died of an unexpected drug overdose. And I started getting messages from him first. And, okay, and how does those messages come through? So if somebody's going through a similar grieving situation of a loss, how does that come through? I mean, at first it was like weird images and I would like see things. I saw things when my eyes were closed. I saw lights and I would hear things through my inner ear, especially at nighttime when I'd go to sleep and sit in the silence. But there were always messages. There were all kinds of messages that took a long time to unpack. And as I played with it, like, I'd be like, okay, if this is really my dead brother, Jeff, that's he would, it's, I would hear his voice. I would hear his laugh and I would hear him say things to mm-hmm. me and tell me things that I did not know or wouldn't know. Even like he showed me how he died and like, what did really you know happened. how he died? All I knew was that it was a drug overdose, I, you know, in the physical world, it was a drug overdose. Okay. But, and so it, what did he show you? Like. Well, I mean, it was so long ago. So, but at first it was just, I would hear his voice. Hey, law, it's your dead brother, Jeff, with a New York accent. And I'd be like, what? Like, is this, what is this just in my head? And it would, he would elaborate. No, this is your, this is your dead brother, Jeff. I'm talking to you from the dead. And he would laugh because he wasn't, he knew it was a joke. He was very funny. And he would say, he, he knew he wasn't dead. 
right? So it was like very funny. It was humorous to him because he was in sort of a bliss state. So I heard that for a long time before I ever even got to that. Like, okay, if this is real, then I started getting to the questions. Like, if this is real, if this is really you, how can I be sure? And then it would be like, okay, well, ask me to do some things for you, but don't ask me to push over lampshades. I can't do that. And so I'd be like, okay, he liked the Grateful Dead. It would start with that. I'd be like, show me something from the Grateful Dead, like something that I would not see normally. Show me a pot leaf. He would smoke, he smoked pot. Show me, there was a lot of that initially. That was the earliest stages of it, but it got so much more. Like there were times when, was a time I'll never forget his, his dog's name. One of his dog's names was Lycan and the other dog was Herkimer. And so I would ask him, show me those names, show me those names. And I'll never forget one time walking past a store and I never knew what a Herkimer diamond was at that time and seeing in the window of the store Herkimer diamond. And I was like, oh my God, you know, that's how it starts. But it gets more, much more intense. So there's a lot of synchronicities. One time, I was, synchronicities. Synchronicities. Okay. I was in an airport in the earlier, earlier days of unpacking this. We were, I was flying home and I was reading a sign in the airport and I was told it was like some long little type in the airport. And I was told, I heard in my head, just read this, just read it. So I'm like reading it. And in there was the name or the word lichen exactly the way it was spelled his dog's name so you know those are like the epiphanies you have like okay I couldn't make that up like where's that coming from but I played with that for over a year and Mm -hmm. so it just got more and more in depth and then I started realizing I'm not making this up so what happened was at that point my then husband he started to think I was crazy he just thought I was crazy and he was basically divorcing me because I, I was starting to realize all this stuff and I was getting kind of you know, like, no, you got to believe this. That's what happens in the early phases of like your awakening. Like you want, you want everybody else to get it too. He wasn't into it. So he was divorcing me. I felt so unloved at the time. I felt so unloved that I was seeking love. So I ended up becoming a dog trainer because I was at that time, I was in corporate America up until then. I was just miserable in my job. I was smoking. What did you do in, in corporate America? Well, I worked for a lot of different companies. I always okay. changed jobs a lot. I wasn't happy. I wasn't aligned with my mission. Um, but I, at that time, I mean, yeah, I was jumping around in careers a lot for a long time. The last one was I was working in a hotel as a wedding planner, believe it or not. That was my last job in corporate America. But before that, I was in different marketing and business you know, companies for a long time. I was, yeah, all over the place. So- mm-hmm. Anyway, I quit that job and end up moving to Mount. I became first became a dog trainer. And when mm-hmm. I started doing the dog training, I was hired by a guy who spent 20 years working for the United States government training their military animals. And after the his tour of duty was over, he started his own business as a dog training company. Mm-hmm. And he recruited me from nothing, you know, no, no dog training experience at that time. And the first month, I think it was at least a month to three months, we weren't allowed to work with dogs directly. Mm. We were only allowed to be like tested and working. We could work with animals in high kill shelters. So as we couldn't make any mistakes, we could only help. Mm. Right. Mm. 
-hmm. But right from the start, he would videotape us and critique us. And right from the start, I started hearing the dogs. Like it just, I didn't have to work at that. I would hear Mm -hmm. them because I already had developed it with my brother, you see? So I just Really quick, Lori, let me ask you something before we jumped over to communication with the dogs. So did you, so you eventually, after a year of banter in your mind between your brother spirit and yourself, through synchronicities that were too, co- too supernaturally coincidental, which there is no accidents, but um, did you finally communicate with your brother and get what oh, the yeah. heck do you want? Like, what did he want from you? Oh, did yeah. he just want to mess with you in the other no. side or? No, he was, he was my divine wake up call. He okay. was that's such a good question. He was my angel. He would, he helped me wake up. His big message was you're on a similar trajectory as me. That's what oh. he said. He's like, you have to change your ways. Otherwise you're going to end up like me. I wasn't using drugs the way he was, but I was drinking excessively. I was drinking six or eight beers a day. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was overeating. I was overweight. My thyroid was off. My hair was falling out. I was like, yeah, 65 pounds overweight. I was drinking so much coffee. I had six figures in credit card debt, bad spending. And I was pumped up on pharmaceutical drugs from well-meaning doctors, right? Big They're always well-meaning. Right. So, I mean, massive amounts. So all this stuff is going on. Meanwhile, I'm in a job career for 20 years out of college that I hated. I was so miserable. I I just was so unhappy. So so everything in your life was just kind of like bing, 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 red, red alert. I was searching for a solution. So in his, in the aftermath of his death, when he was communicating, he was like, you have to change your ways. You're on the same path that I was on. It might not look the same, but it was Mm -hmm. the same. And so that's when I quit my job and became a dog trainer, six figures in credit card debt and all. And that's when that started happening. I started hearing the dogs. And the first primary message of the dogs was always, you listen to me and I will teach you. We will teach you. That's how it started. So I would hear the dogs because as I was being videotaped by this dog trainer, this, this master trainer, and I was working with them, you know, you have to kind of, that's how the, that's how the military teaches. You don't mm. think, know it so well that it's automated. You just do, you don't have to mm. think. So that's how we were being trained. I didn't have to think. I was just, I knew what, what, what I was supposed to do with those dogs. And while we were being videotaped, I would hear them. My brain was not in the way. So that's where it started. And then mm-hmm. that's when it grew from there. Like after that, I worked for under his tutelage for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then by that time, that's when my husband was like, not interested in you anymore. We're divorcing. I was so grief stricken and I felt so unloved that I was looking at that point for love. I knew that that was my real search and I wanted to know what love was. And I was seeking love, but not, I knew that it was the love of my source of the divine of God. So I ended up moving to Maui and I lived there for two years. During those two years, I was working as a dog trainer and as an animal communicator. But the animal communication part during those two years was more like I was giving it as a bonus to my clients. I was saying, okay, you were unofficial, unofficial, right? I would say, look, you know, I was doing dog training, but I was saying, look, I'm learning animal communication. And if 
I can help and add that in. Would you like it? And of course they were all, they all wanted it because it wasn't, I didn't charge them more because I knew mm-hmm. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be, I didn't, I wasn't an expert yet. So I was mm-hmm. doing that for two years. And then toward the end of the two years, or even somewhere in there, maybe not, but also during that time, by the way, I was becoming a healer. Like I got my Reiki master. I started getting into the healing arts. And what brought you into the, the Reiki healing modalities? What brought me into that? Yeah. What, 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 what interested you about that to go and get yourself trained in that? I mean, I would say that it was my soul's calling, but I would also say that I was searching for love and that healing, the healing arts just really brought that out. Like I went for, I was interested in it. It just was a calling. I, Mm. I don't even know, you know, but, oh, you know what it was partially. I remember this was I was working with the animals and some of them were like injured and wounded. And I wanted to know how to help better. Sometimes the human involved was wounded. Like I wanted to help more. So it was that desire. I had a real heart centered desire to be of service. I wanted to be, I had a mantra that I wanted to be of service to animals on a global scale. That was in me already. I really wanted to help. So the healing was like a natural, you know, progression. And mm-hmm. the Reiki, getting my Reiki master was the first part of the healing that I started developing. And I was studying with some other incredible masters. And so they were teaching me how to meditate and how to use energy and how to work with energy to use it and apply it for healing as well for myself and my animals and mm-hmm. my clients. So I was incorporating all of that. And then there was this one a case in Maui that was just so incredible. There was this, this um, horse person who, I guess, a guardian of a horse. I don't use the word owner, right? You can't own a living being. Animals taught me that. So this horse guardian on another island, Oahu, was looking for an animal communicator for the horse. And it was a foal. And so I said, look, I'm, you know, I found this on, on um, Craigslist. I said, send me a picture. Don't tell me anything. I can't guarantee. So they sent me, the person sent me a picture of the, of the foal, only the head with the mommy's head and the mare. And I kept getting this, like, I kept hearing, like, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. And I, I really didn't understand at that time. I wasn't skilled enough to determine. I, I thought those were my own thoughts at that time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm stumped. I kept thinking I was stumped. And I kept hearing go below the knee, but I just didn't know what that meant. So I wrote back to the human, you know, that's all I'm hearing. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I'm not getting anything. I guess I'm stumped. The human writes me back and says, no, you're getting something. The horse had this felt foal had an accident birth time and we had to amputate below the knee. Mm-hmm. Please just go back, see what else you can get. So I now, now I had more confidence, you know, I go back, I reconnect with that foal all through picture. Foals on another island, never met the foal in person. So and you're doing this like just like you just you're just opening yourself up and this is the images or the feelings that you're getting. At that time I was completely untrained in communication. Okay. Remember, I was just I developed I learned this just from the animals. Okay. So I can't tell you exactly because it wasn't like I had developed at that time a step-by-step approach. Although mm-hmm. now, of course, I have that. And I know we'll talk about that more. Yeah. But at that time, I was just tuning in and asking. That It was that mm-hmm. simple. I was just looking at that horse's eyes, asking to make a real connection. 
And I, I did develop like the first question, like, what can you share with me? What are you willing to share with me? What can you tell me? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how it started. I just, I didn't have a whole protocol down at that time, but in any case, what I got from that full was there's bad people around me. They want to kill me, tell them to go away. I want to live. And Oh, by the way, can you give me, tell the good ones to give me some more carrots. <laughs> so I go back and I tell, write this to the human in email. And the, e- the email I got back from the human was that's exactly right. We just didn't know if it was more humane to euthanize this horse, this baby. But now that we got that from you, we're going to get a prosthetic and keep this horse alive. And that mm-hmm. was like, for me, that was game changer. Like I can save animals. I can save lives. Like that's just, a, that was a game changer for me. So this stump, the horse, did he get placed in a better um, farm? Well, he lived with that human. He lived with that human. He was just a foal that was born. I guess there was some kind of accident in birth and uh-huh. they just didn't know if they should euthanize him because he's okay. like missing the lower part of one of his legs. Right, so, right. Once they got a communication that the horse is saying, I want to live, they felt confident enough that it was humane not to Mm. utilize him and to fit him with a prosthetic. And that's what happened. And to my knowledge, I mean, I'm not actively in touch with them anymore, but years after that, I was. And it was that that animal continued to live and prosper, do do well. So that was good. Is Stump still alive now? I mean, like I said, I'm not still in touch, but to, my knowledge, touch. to my knowledge, yes. He's in good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. So now, so now you just do this on a continual basis. So we have a couple of questions for you. So do, do animals have soul contracts with their family, their human families? And can yeah. you give us some examples of of um, what these soul contracts are and how do we know if we have a soul contract with a specific animal? Like, do they work through synchronicity like your deceased brother did? Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you have an animal in your life, you have a soul contract. Really? Oh, yes. Mm. Everything is a soul contract. The fact that we exist is a soul contract. The fact that you were born in a female body and you're doing this interview and even that we've met is a soul contract somewhere in time, space, reality, in the non-physical pre-incarnation, we met up as souls and Uh said, oh, we want to expand consciousness on this topic related to animals. Let's meet up. Let's speak. No, I remember the, I remember, I remember the, um, the session because I'm in in the spirit world that exists like now. I, one of my job is, is it's not a very extravagant job is like a, a tourism consultant when you you know when you go to a tourist consultant to to consult on what you where you want to go where you want to go on vacation what kind of excursions you want to have blah 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 so they call us life planners and I got this information from the monks at my Buddhist monastery I grew up in they said you're the life planner I'm like what is that they're like you help people plan their lives before they reincarnate I was like oh it just sounds like a travel agent they're like pretty much (laughs) for <laughs> souls, I'm like, well, that's a boring job. So, but I, I totally oh, remember. So I think it's a boring. Yeah, but, because your human life oftentimes does emulate. It does. I work in customers. I work with customers in customer service in IT, and I and I help like get gather the information and then provide whatever. So, same kind of basic functions, but um, but it's fine. But I say, well, I w- I want to help with 
with raising the frequency of earth into the next level as well. And I want to talk to the most wonderful people who are doing extravagant, wonderful things in, in teaching people how to raise their frequency, but I don't want to do any work and I don't want to teach. And, and so I was like, I got it. I got it. What does the tourist, tourism consultant or life planner come up with? I'm going to interview everyone mm-hmm. and, the, and, then, and then just send people to, to, uh, to their work and they can learn with whoever they want to learn from. <laughs> so, but it's not just humans. I want to interview um, aliens. Oh, how do, you know, I want to interview. Yeah, well, other, alien. I yeah everything. I, I don't really yeah. care. If, yeah. if you're in my life and if you come in here, I want to interview you and I want to know um, how do you connect to source? How do you guys heal? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, if you don't have healing or pain in your, in your, in your reality or in your planet, whatever, or in your country, how do you guys, you know, do re- live with high frequency? You know, it's all the same conversations, but just, you know, the, you know, I'm really open to the recipients. So, um, so just helping souls from all over the, the cosmos incarnate yeah. basically. Yeah. It's a boring job, but <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you but, love it. Definitely but that's not. my that's that's my that's my contract. Yes, and yeah. I, everything's a contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that we could we identify this as a dog that's a contract. The fact that you're the bow on your hair is like you know magenta red. That's a contract. We all agree. Really? Yeah, so yeah. We, we everything okay. contracts, and and we get everything's to, a contract. As we, more conscious we become, we can change them. We can rewrite them. We can. You know, but renege. Can we renege? We can renege on them too yes. if it's not we, working out. We can, we can rip them up and tear them up, which we definitely want to do with the ones that are that are no longer serving us. So, so certainly mm. the animals have contracts, and every animal that comes to a human is typically what we call I call a soulmate. And the way I define soulmate here is that they're there to help your soul. They mate with your soul, not in the way we define mate. You know, they partner with you to help you advance. And usually that animal is working on a common theme as well. And what is the theme that most animals are working on? Oh, they're all different ones. Anything. Okay. So, for example, my first animal I ever had, her name was Kenya. And she was teaching me about energy. She was teaching me. And so when in the aftermath of my divorce, I was extremely angry at at my husband for, you know, I was like angry at him. I felt like he just really was unfair and cruel and sensitive. Like that was my pain. Right. Mm -hmm. And that anger turned into her dis-ease. Right. Mm -hmm. What is the energy of of anger? Resentment. Mm -hmm. It turns into a dis-ease. So she absorbs that as a way to heal me, but also to help me to learn how to be conscious of the way I utilize my emotions and my energy. Emotions are energy. Right. Let me ask you something about the anger emotion um, that came up in that situation. Did you, did, did you come up with the illness as well at that no. time or afterwards? No. no. So your, 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 your pet at the time took in the energy and created and absorb it. that dis- absorb it and create that disease that that, that yes. manifested from it. I've 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 seen this happen um, with children. That children will take, especially high frequency children, if they don't have animals in the house, they the children will absorb 
the stress and the anger and the XXXX of their mothers or their fathers who are struggling with this. And so then their children have an illness and not the, the parent. So, um, a lot of times in human families, it's a little different with the humans from the animals, but it's still a contract that the child mm-hmm. is taking it on to heal it from the lineage, right? It's genetic in a sense, even though it's not necessarily identified as a genetic disorder, might not be, but the child has taken it on so that the that it'll stop with them. Because when they're a high frequency child, like they're an indigo child or a crystal child or a rainbow child, they're absorbing it so that it can be resolved and completed with that child because they have the codes in their unconscious, usually in their DNA that will help them to resolve it. And they have enough consciousness that they're going to be able to identify that in one lifetime. And they'll, they'll also be able to help their humans, their parents, to be able to identify it because the parents are working to help the he- the child heal. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the parents are overseeing their medical care or whatever their healing journey. Mm-hmm. And through that, they're both resolving it together, parent and child. Does that make sense? That, that does. And it, it work, does it work the same way with animals as well? Yes, so except like- for that, this, the only difference is that, the animal might not be taking it on for generations. They're just because it's not genetic, right? Mm-hmm. They're absorbing it from their unique human as a way to teach or heal or both the human. So I'll give you another example of soul yes. contracts in a similar way with my dog, mm-hmm. a dog that I had much later. Her name was Kiko. Kiko was extremely afraid of humans. She had a huge amount of fear and I never realized until the last, like literally the last month of her death, that that was a theme we were both working on, that I had unconsciously, I had a fear of humans. I had been bullied. I had very aggressive humans around me for most of my life. I had a very confrontational family. There was a lot of conflict and drama, you know, narcissistic patterns that I had to resolve. So I had, and I was hypersensitive. I'm incredibly super sensitive, you know, highly sensitive being. I call myself an indigo as well. I'm I'm one of the indigos. So, you know, as a super sensitive, my way of dealing with that was to sort of disappear. I'd go off to an island in the middle of nowhere, Maui. I'd go off. I, Mm -hmm. I I was a recluse a little bit because I was afraid of humans, but I wasn't consciously aware that my need to get away was coping. I wasn't consciously aware of how that was manifesting in my physical life. My dog, Kiko, was also working on that as a theme in her life. And through our healing and our resolution of it, that's when her our contract was resolved. I no longer, by the time of her death, had that fear of humans anymore. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I asked a lot of questions because just to, you know, get further into this understanding yeah. so people can understand because it, it is, if you don't ask the questions, you don't get the answers. Okay. Yes. That's, just, that's just spirit is like that. You, there's infinite <laughs> answers. You have to ask the questions. Totally. And, and as so, um, so if somebody has a family pet and they're going through some kind of melodrama in their life, whatever it is, work, family, health, whatever, whatever melodrama they're dealing with in their life. Um, and and or a family member like the children um, gets sick. Is it always attributed to that, that new stressor that came into the family? 
or can it just be like they have a pre-life contract to be to come in with an illness at this time? I mean, does it so always he, have to be linked to a drama? Well, not necessarily. I mean, this dog that I have now, Shasta, come here. Okay, so when Kiko passed away, I was like, I want to fall in love with humans. I want to work on loving and being in joy. Now, this dog, she loves everybody. She mm-hmm. is joy in a body. She is just the epitome of joy and love. I mean, and social interacts with everybody. So, right, it doesn't have to always be a trauma, yeah. right? But that's what I'm working on right now. And I deliberately, after I realized once Kiko transitioned, I was like, oh, the next thing I want to work on is just loving everybody. Because the first phase of my life was falling in love with self and realizing mm-hmm. that I could be love. And that I would know what love was. That was more the role with Kiko, with Kenya, the first dog. Mm-hmm. Then it was like healing and resolving my fear. Now it's like being and embodying joy and love and play and fun. And that's what this dog is all about. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just using myself as an example. But when you ask, is it always something that's a drama or attributed to that? No, but it is all of reality is always a reflection of self. Right. Right. And all beings, let me just say this last part, all beings are vibrational reflections of who we are. Everyone we interact with that includes animals and people. So when a vibrational frequency is present, that vibration will be mirrored in our reality. So that, that is always the case. That is universal. Does that make sense? That is, yeah, that is law. Yes. That is, that is, that is, uh, the universe, God's law. You get what you are, you mirror what you are and you mirror what you need to get to your next level. So, um, so how, so how does someone identify, like, let's say there is a link, let's say their dog gets sick, um, prematurely It's not, it's not the dog's time yet, whatever. Um, how do they identify what in their life is causing this illness because people have multiple things that they're working on that, that is, you know, traumatic. So how do they identify? Like, how did you identify it was your fear of humans that you had to work on? Well, you know, like I said, I didn't even realize that till the end of her life. Like when I really, I was working on healing her and we were going through healing and I was digging and searching, but how does somebody realize you have to become self-aware. You have to recognize Uh, all that it exists because most people are not necessarily self-aware. The vast majority of humanity right now places everything in their experience in the external world. So they look at the external world and they believe that they are the effect of the external world. Mm-hmm. So the external world they believe happens first. They are the effect of it. So right. you can use you know, COVID as an example. That's out there. And if I'm not careful, I will be affected. But the reality is, the truth is that that is vibrational energy. That energy is an energy of fear, fear of mm-hmm. disease, fear of death, fear of loss, etc. And if you do not vibrate in harmony with that somehow, because you are the cause of your experience, right. mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing cannot become part of your personal experience. It can be out there because all that is exists. So to go back to your question, you you have every human has to become self-aware to your Mm -hmm. own thoughts and your own emotions, 
your own non-physical and physical aspects of self, your spiritual aspects, your mental, your emotional, your energetic field, which we call all that the morphogenetic field, your light, the light that emanates in and through you. All of this makes up your entirety. And there's more to who you are than even just Mm -hmm. that. And all of that is vibrating as you. It is the light, the sound, the consciousness of the divine vibrating in and through you, reflecting out from you onto the field around you, emanating. It's the law of emanation, universal law. So as it emanates on the field around you, it reflects back to you. So if you understand this as a core fundamental truth of reality, then you understand anything in your field is a reflection of you. Now, let's say you get triggered. This is the triggers. You get triggered mm-hmm. by something. Something yeah. bothers you, upsets you, aggravates you. You judge it. You have contempt. Some form of resistance, reaction, fight, flight, anger, whatever it is, some kind of emotional response or even some kind of mental you know, judgment or perception wrongness, rightness, goodness, badness. Now you're playing in the field. That's how you start to identify. You're playing in the field because you're you're somehow entangled with it, either mentally, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, somehow, some way. The trigger is, is basically the part of you that you have to become aware of. Ah, there it is. There's a trigger. I'm having an yeah. emotional response. I'm angry. I'm emo- this, that, the other. There's no wrongness to any of this. It's simply a matter of, do you want to have that experience? Do you desire that? Right. Conscious of it. If you don't want it, you have to neutralize it. You have to neutralize it. That means you can no longer be fighting it, resisting it, judging it, making it wrong, making it right. Even, even the whole law of attraction. I want, I want, I want this. I want that. I'll become that. I love that. I'll only pay attention to the positive. You're still playing in a game of what we call polarity, where you've got a pendulum from one swing to the other, and you're going to be hooked in to one degree or another. So neutralizing it is how you become, you raise your vibration through that self-awareness by paying attention to your own triggers, push, pull, energy, et cetera. As you do that, that's when you can start to neutralize it and make a new, more desirable choice. Perfect. It's beautiful. Beautifully explained. (laughs) You just explained. I love this when I come across fundamentals that are taught in Buddhism, which many Buddhists and Hindus still work on, by the way. Just because you're Buddhist and Hindu does not mean that you figured, you know, you may know it, but you're not living it. But you just perfectly explained cause and effect in Buddhism. Yes. It's a it's a basic foundation of how we as souls create physical reality. Yes. You are the cause because you are the observer of the reality around you and yes. everything else is waiting on the user to tell it how to respond. Yes. How what to put in exactly. front of you next, what to, you know, put next. Yes. So it's just like when you finally realize that you are the cause and everything else is the effect, it's just like when you play a video game. All the characters are looking at you, waiting waiting for the cue from you. The environment is waiting on the cue from you. Once yes. you make a decision, which direction you want to go, what you want to pick up, how do you want to, you know, engage in this scenario, then it will respond. And when it responds, and let's say you are paying attention to the reality as you're creating it, it will respond to answer your question. 
And so it will seem like an accident, but it is what we call synchronicity. Yes. Well, that's just so coincidental. I was just thinking that, oh, that's so coincidental. I was just thinking I was going to do that. It's the reality starts basically, you start playing with reality and it starts changing and morphing itself to cater to the user, to cater to the person whose consciousness has dominion over physical reality. So it's a basic cause and effect. And you explain that beautifully. So you guys really listen to that part over again. She explained it perfectly. Now, here's the thing about this two, this two-way streak of, of playing with reality as a conscious being, knowing that you are affecting physical reality. Um, you will come across things that may trigger you. And like you said, everything is a soul contract. So even that trigger was at some point a soul contract to trigger you for whatever reason you intended it for. Those triggers can either be identifying that there's something in you that has some kind of judgment or unresolved issue that that specific incident triggered this negative, frustrated, emotional response that obviously you need to take a a moment from your narcissism and self-absorption to look inside and go, why do I feel that way about that? Where does that come from? Where, what perspectives did I get that information from? Was it an actual belief I have about it? Is it from my personal experience in my childhood or lifetime? Is it for something that I was exposed to on the news or on TV that I'm unconsciously picking up some kind of programming to think this way? And so when I see that, it triggers me. So that's one thing about triggers. The other thing also is triggers can also be good too. So, I mean, triggers is kind of like a loaded word, but it's basically a a huge emotional reaction. So if like, if you're single, for example, if people can relate to this, if you're single and you get a huge emotional response and make a connection with somebody, that can be considered triggered too. And that can also be your spirit going, go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, go for it. Yeah, And even with like what we would call possibly negative, like anger, there is no wrongness to any emotion for example every emotion is guidance anger for example is simply guidance saying something here is not right you're out of alignment i mean all 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 of what we would call negative emotions are kind of like that but they're basically saying like depression right depression is the soul or spirit Sorry, the soul is going towards the light. The spirit is going towards the light. But the human identity is taking actions or doing things that are that are in the wrong direction. So they, right. so they, the human is of their free will is moving in the wrong direction. So the spirit, the soul, not necessarily exactly the same thing, but still they're like, Hey, I'm the light. I'm over here. Come over here. But you're as a person with depression, you're like going this way. You're like, I can only see the dark. I'm so depressed. Like there's no light here. Right. You're out of alignment with your right direction. That's just another mes- message of, of, of your own emotions. Like I could go into every emotion is guidance. There's not right. a wrongness to a so-called bad emotion. We are meant to take the guidance, utilize it and say, okay, I thank you for that emotion. I no longer need to hold on to this. It has right. served purpose. So then we're not hooked into it any longer and we're not at the effect of it, as you were saying, exactly right. We're not at the effect of it. We're the cause. We understand, ah, this emotion here is here for a reason to help me to elevate and more rightly align. Really, the truth is we're, we're trying to align with the divinity that is us. 
the light of the divine that exists within each and every one of us, which that light is love. That light, that vibration, that frequency is love. And of course the animals bring back to them. They already know this. You see, they haven't forgotten it. So they're not in their over, their over analytical brain. They're just being it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they, basically have all of the key virtues that we are learning in this lifetime. So they already embody the virtue of forgiveness. They don't have to learn it. They don't have Mm -hmm. to learn how to forgive. They already do it. They just are it. They already embody the virtue of magnanimity, which is the ability to love even what seems to be unlovable. They already embody that. They're embodying that energy for us to learn from them. They already embody the energy of inclusivity. I mean, look at dogs or they want to just play with everybody like you know so they don't dolphins are great for that the energy Mm -hmm. of inclusivity they're not saying nah you can't come to my party they just love and include everyone so we're learning these virtues and so many others from the animals they embody Mm -hmm. that energy as teachers to us yeah I love that. You know, that reminds me of an old Hinduism um, story about dogs. So I'll just tell, I said this before in another um, pet interview, but so the Hindu story goes that there was this young man and he had, um, his dog had died and he was really sad for his dog and his dog came and communicated with him. I want to come back. Um, but anyways, fast forward, he and this man ended up having some um, insights about dogs. And the, what he found out about dogs in the spirit world is um, when humans decided, when souls decided to incarnate in, as humans, they said, um, okay, so we're going to do this human experiment and see if without any memory of our connection to spirit within us and each other, without any memory of the spirit world and how the whole thing is created and orchestrated. Um, are we going to be able to find our way back home? Are we going to be able to find our essence, our connection, and go back to um, to God? Are we going to, you know, find a way home in amnesia? So, um, and it was a very grand experiment, and a lot of spirits said, "Oh my God, I can't, I can't break up. I can't know. That's just too. That's just too extreme of a experiment." Well human the souls that incarnate as humans went forth and and did this incarnation as the experiment because source wanted to know if i took away all your memory of everything and you had absolutely no inkling or knowledge can you still find your way to the light and can you still find your way home on your own i want to know so um but there was one animal spirit in the spirit world that decided to also partake in the journey and that was the dog so the hindu story goes that the dog left the spirit world and looked back and um, looked forward with the the human and said the reason why i'm going to leave the loving embrace of the spirit world for this experiment is because i want the human to know what unconditional love is and to never forget that. So I'm going to bring with the human experience, unconditional love and all dogs. If you beat it, if you burn it, if you kill it, it still crawl over and try to love you Mm -hmm. as the mean person that you are like, 
everybody has seen this. They have seen tortured dogs that still try to give love to the person that tortured them. Mm-hmm. That's unconditional love, and that comes from the spirit world. Yes. So that's the Hindu story that's, of that's the dog. The story of humanity, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's great. Okay, it's so great so dogs yeah. and pets, they help us in kind of stay on track with our life purpose if we listen and yeah. work with their guidance. So um, do you have any fun stories of how family pets play matchmaker, you know, like with your career or with your loved ones? Because you started this by saying you wanted to know what love and you wanted to find somebody and all that kind of stuff. So do you have any fun stories from your clients of how their pets played matchmaker? All right. Well, I have two really good ones right off the bat. Okay. First, yeah, so- say, I'll tell you the story of my dog, Emma Shasta the dog I have now. But before I do that, let me say, I have a girlfriend, one of my close, close friends. She just recently adopted a male and female dog. Mm. And she, they were puppies of the same litter. And she and her husband, they totally love each other, but they were having some challenges in their relationship. And when these two puppies came into their life, it brought them so much closer together because they had to sort of be partners in caring for two little puppies. Mm. And since that's happened, she calls me all the time because, you know, she knows that I was a trainer at one point. She knows I do animal communication. She knows I do energy healing. So every time she's got something going on, she'll be like, this is what happened. What does this mean? And always the animals are sharing insight about how the little upset had something to do with their the dynamic of their of the couple. So it's just amazing. Like the other day she called me and she was like, okay, they know to go outside and eliminate outside and ring the bell. And I had them outside and we were outside for two hours and they didn't go. And the moment I brought them inside, the door closed and they just peed right in front of me. What happened? And so I tune into the animal. First, I give her the, the behavioral information part of it. Like the dog's not there to spite you. You know, that's just, they probably, you know, as a teenager, they just forgot, you know, they're out having fun, like from a dog trainer point of view. But then I tuned into the animals and it's like, oh, there's part of their soul mission is to help these, this this incredible couple come into more harmony and partnership together and union Mm -hmm. in their marriage. And what happened the day before, one of the dogs is communicating this to me was that the, the two humans had a little spat, a little disagreement, and one was very pissed off. Mm-hmm. And the animal was saying, like, just drop, just stop being pissed off. You're holding on to your pissed offness, let go. Like what an amazing, but of course she had to get the attention of her human. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. Does it make sense to you? So, so it's like the animal sitting there just trying to say, don't be pissed off. You're holding on to your piss. You're, mm-hmm. you're pissed. You're holding so I'm going to pee. Your so yeah, let it go, release yeah. it, don't need it anymore. And that was the way that the animal could communicate and get the attention of her human. And overall, that we're here to help you to bring more harmony into your relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just want you to love one another, which is what they're learning together. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's one example. The other example I can give you is with my dog, who her name, as I mentioned, is Shasta, but she also has a mm-hmm. name because that's what the breeder gave her. Mm-hmm. And I kept it because even though I was planning on naming her Shasta, when I first got her, I just kept hearing her say, keep, just keep Emma too. So I do Emma, Emma, Shasta, Shasta, Emma, you know, I do both. And right, right. 
anyway, I was looking to meet somebody and a soulmate for a while. And I was living in Sedona at the time. And I hear from my dog, Emma, I'm a matchmaker. Emma is a matchmaker. I'm going to help you meet your match. And there's kind of a long story behind it, but so much synchronicity came in. It was so amazing. And I end up getting introduced to someone who had the name of truth, the name truth. And Emma in Hebrew, I'm putting all these pieces together, but the name Emma in Hebrew means truth. Mm. So it was like by this incredible divine synchronicity, she was meeting, introducing me to somebody who I was meant to meet for just a brief period of time, who was a soulmate that we were meant to work on some healing together regarding some particular issues. And that happened. And it was just interesting, all the synchronicities that I kind of have to cut through, but instead, even still, it's just so interesting, right? Because that was part of why she said, don't drop the name Emma. Keep the name Emma because I'm a matchmaker. I'm going to help you meet your match. And it That's did happen. Great. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. Well, I have I have a matchmaker, doggy matchmaker story. You so um, I do. I have plenty. Um, but I have um, I ha- a long time ago before I met my husband, I had a roommate. And he had just recently gotten a divorce. And so um, he ended up being my roommate. You know, uh, they, they split houses, whatever. So he's downsized. And so I was like, oh, I have extra room. I'll, I'll rent out the extra room to you. So I had a, I had um, I had a roommate, and he has he also came with this huge golden retriever. It was like a whole nother person. It was huge. He sat next to you on the couch, and you sank it sank into the couch. It was that big. But anyways, and it was and it it was an old golden retriever. But so um, you know, a female golden retriever. I loved her. So every day they they would come home and then I would be sitting there watching TV and the golden retriever would sit next to me and I was kind of sinking a little bit and we would watch, you know, funny movies together. But anyways, um, within about two to three weeks of moving in, he had just gotten a new job. Um, and as, as a manager of a storage unit. So he just got in his new job and there's a park right next to the job. And that's where at, at lunch, he would take his dog, go walk, go walk the dog at lunch. Well, within the first couple of days, he would walk the dog and then the dog ran off. And it sounds like a movie. The dog ran off and found another golden retriever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the dog ran off, found another golden retriever. The golden retrievers were having a great time with each other. The, pet owner of the other golden retriever was a female see my roommate he's korean korean american the female she's korean too but she's an international student that's art that's doing her master's degree at the university of washington and so she's there for her master's under visa and um she has her dog and her condo's close by so anyways dogs ran together and they you know obviously kind of like the um, the, the 101 Dalmatians, they just got, <laughs> got along. And so for like the next two weeks, they would meet up because the, the owners, they were like the same age. And so they just really got along and the owners would meet up for lunch and they would walk their dogs together and all of that. And then they started dating and they started dating. And, and, I, and then of course I met, I met her and I heard the story and I was like, I just love this. This is so wonderful. And um, and then he said, I have some bad news for you, Vaughn, because they were just dating for maybe like 
mm, that's less than a month. And I'm like, what's the bad news? I'm like, my girl work work together. And I was like, of course you guys are. And I was like, I know you're not even living here because you're basically going to your girlfriend's house and your dog. And she has this big condo of a yard and stuff. And so the dogs, you know, so they're, they're playing house. And he's, he's like, she's pregnant. I was like, that's not a bad thing. Um, and I was like, do you love her? He's like, I do. I really do love her. I said, well, then what's the what's the problem? Move in. Raise the kid. Be happy. Your dogs already like each other. What's the problem? He's like, that means I'm going to have to move out. I'm like, I'll find another roommate. It's totally okay. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, he moved in and then they, they came to visit. And I was like, he's like, I have a, I have, because he doesn't have a lot of people to talk to he lost all his friends through his divorce um many months ago and so he's like i have to talk to you i was like what's going on he's like i'm gonna go meet her family i'm like okay we'll go meet her family they're in korea i'm like we're gonna go to south korea and go meet her family and he's like i didn't know this but she is the only child and they own a soap factory in south korea i was like oh okay well then just go over there and say hi and so so he went over there, he came back and I was like, so what happened? And he, and he said, well, um, we brought both the dogs over with us because there's no way to watch them. So they brought all the, both the dogs over. The family loved both the dogs. The family, they, they accepted me. They're super, super happy that they're going to have a grandkid and they, um, they want us to move over there. They already have a house. And um, the father's like, I said, I've always wanted a son to take over the, the, the factory. And so he's like, I'm going to move to another country. I'm like, do it. Just do it. Yeah. And it all started with the dogs matchmaking. Yes. That's awesome. So up so many doorways. So, so many avenues. So many doorways and you don't know what loops and turns and, you know, everything can turn into a positive thing. Yes. Everything can turn into a positive thing. So let me ask you this. Let's switch on the opposite side of matchmaking. Do you have any funny stories of how pets can help with, breakups and protecting you from harmful situations well i will say animals are always attempting to protect humans who feel that they need protection Mm. i don't know that i necessarily have any stories that i'm aware of directly related to breakups although i for sure my dog kenya was an example of someone of a dog who like healed me but i mean Mm. I, i know another it's not so much a funny story but i remember i had um a client case, I mean, so many client cases, actually, where humans were in some way, in some kind of pain or sadness or grief or suffering or fear of some kind. And the animal was there sort of helping them to work through those issues. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that I necessarily have a traditional breakup story that's funny. But yeah, maybe not one of those. Not I, off the top of my head, <laughs> but like I, I give, I give you a lot more stories that are so amazing. Like here's one. This is kind of sad, you know. Like I met this little pig once in Costa Rica, and the woman in Costa Rica knew that I was an animal communicator, so she asked me to communicate with this pig because she had just adopted this baby mm-hmm. pig. And the first thing the baby pig asked me was, "You know, where's my mommy?" Mm. So. I asked, where is the mommy to the human? That's mm-hmm. what he wants to know. And the moms and the human said, well, that's how we got her. Like the mommy went to slaughterhouse. And I, you know, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to tell this to this little baby pig? Like, 
So I stopped in a sense communicating and I asked like angels and guidance, like, what do I do here? Like, how do I help here? And what I got was like, at first ask if there's some way the pig wants to say goodbye. Like that's what you're going to know. Understand the pig just wants some, doesn't know what happened. Mm. So then I went to the human, like, can you find a way for this little puppy, uh, puppy baby, baby pig to say goodbye? Mm-hmm. And then I can communicate that the mom is moving on in her journey and not that the mom doesn't love her and just would, would they be able to say goodbye? And the human said, I think I can arrange that. And so I was able to communicate that. So, I mean, you know, animals are, they do all kinds of things. They have all kinds of awarenesses. They serve in all different ways. It's endless. It really is endless. Um, so but if you have a breakup pig story or that you wanted to share please do it oh. you know most mostly it's mostly like um because i i i get wh- one of the most common common things is um i want to find love want to you know that that's the most common one that that people even if they come in for a, a sixth sense consultation or a quantum he- quantum um hypnosis session with me um that's one of the most common things is personal relationships and mostly romantic relationships. But um, for for pets that come up, it, you know, it's mostly just helping you um, with the grieving if you're going through a breakup, kind of giving you the love. And they're especially cuddly. They especially want to cuddle and kind of kind of snuggle up on you, that kind of stuff. That's the most common one. I've um, also heard of um, like a dog will like, bite the person <laughs> they don't like him on the way out <laughs> so, so um yeah so that's that's the, that's a typical thing when I um when I was first dating my husband I um had these designer shoes these de- heels and um I would leave them at the house and I would miss them and then I would find them all chewed up and so uh, I, I would show it to my now husband. It's like, Ferris chewed up my heel. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. And I was like, you need to buy me a new one. <laughs> so he would be like, okay, what do you want? So he'll go buy me a new one. And then that would be nice. And he'll, you know, he'll chew up another one and buy me a new one. And so anyways, the pattern ended up going is that I would get these new shoes. We would go shopping and then we would take the dog to the dog park and the dog got something out of it. And it just kept me coming back. <laughs> it kept me coming back. <laughs> so um, it, it started creating this experience. Right. For you to keep going back to get more shoes. To get more shoes. Because right. it, it ruined my shoes. So I it, come back. Let's go shopping. Let's go on a dinner. And let's go do it. So I kept on coming back. And then eventually like developed the relationship. Some part of you wanted to keep going back, right? So I needed a reason. Animal, right. And you needed a reason. And your animal, because animals can hear our thoughts. They're totally yeah. telepathic. Your animal's picking that up from you and working to help you in that way. Like, yeah. Oh, yes, I can do this. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, yeah. It's another aspect of how they pick up and how they help. It's just like the pee story earlier when you were talking about like, you need to get rid of the being so pissy at her stuff. I'm just going to pee here. You're going to focus it. And then the two of you are going to figure out some way to deal with some of these um, maybe quote, quote, obedience issues on your dogs together. Right. And it's like creating a problem so you guys can create a solution, force you guys to create a solution together. For me, I'm especially lazy. So I I usually won't go very far for dates. I'm really lazy. So this 
like like losing a pair of expensive heels was an excuse to keep coming back to get another replacement. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't I don't I don't well wear um, expensive um, shoes anymore because I'm like ah, I kind of got over that phase. But anyways, and the dog is perfectly fine. We we end up being best buds. I would because I would walk him before my husband came home from work. So we would walk through the neighborhood. We would watch TV together. We, we were like best buds. And so it was like, I like this girl. She walks me and she gets me, feeds me really good stuff. I'm going to keep having her come back. And she's not mad at me if I chew up her shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know. you are being the behavior of love towards that dog. So yeah. that love that you were sharing was expanding. So yeah. it expanded to grow more love, which yeah. becoming your husband, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've, we've had... Like I had once this... This doesn't really have to do with animals, but I used to... One of the things I do a lot of times is DNA activations, and I do, mm-hmm. I do so much like healing. And I had this woman who used to come to my DNA activation circles back when I would do them in person years ago, mm-hmm. now by the internet. But... She would come to these manifestation healing circles. And the first time she just wanted to manifest a job, a new career, but she loved her job. She just knew it was not, it was not like um, helping her to expand, mm-hmm. but she loved her job. Oh, she wanted to manifest a partner. That's what it was. And she did after that, she wanted to grow her career, but just let me just say, so she loved her job, but she wanted to grow her career, but she wanted a partner. And so she just, but she kept loving her job because that was her one thing she had, even though she didn't have a partner, she kept loving her job and she wanted to get promoted and grow. Anyway, Mm -hmm. it turns out through her job, she ends up meeting someone at her job. Marrying. And as, and then when, what ended up happening is as she got happier, she ended up moving on because she didn't want to stay in that job. She got a new job and a different job because she didn't want to stay there once she got married to him. But the point was, it's like through her love of her job, that job actually brought her love back. And she yeah. ended up expanding her career anyway after getting married to her partner. It's like she wanted yeah. them both, but what she loved grew and expanded into more. That's just yeah. energy. Right. Energy yeah. Business. Yeah. Whatever you get handed, you just focus on, you just focus on, well, what's the positive way I could do this? So, you know, and the, and the, and this is one of the things about, about animal abuse too, is like some people, like, let's say they tear up your $400 shoes and you get really, really pissed off and you want to beat your dog. And some people choose that way to react. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's like, honey, what's going on? What's, what's not going to have to get the replacement? You're going to have to tell your dad that it's just now going to be. That plus interest. (laughs) A lot of times it's like learning animal communication and telepathy could also help you to understand, like, why did that animal chew up the shoe? For you, you're so conscious, you understand, you have the bigger picture. Like that animal understood your thoughts. Yeah. See more of who was going to become your husband, this man. And so the animal was like, oh, I can create this experience. I can help her. Yeah. And they're, they're, the dogs, the animals, they're, they're working with what they have. They don't get that, to get in a car and go wherever they want or go outside and go wherever they want. You know, they're working with, okay, I have these resources and I want this outcome. So how can I use my resources around the house to get the outcome that I want? You right. know, so you got to think like a but dog. So even like, for someone, if they're learning animal communication, they could always be asking the animal, like, what's going on? What is the reason for this? 
chewing mm-hmm. of this shoe because for another in another household it could be like well there's a lot of anxiety and I'm mm-hmm. I'm just absorbing and trying to get rid of my anxiety through chewing this thing or mm-hmm. in another household depending on you know the contracts and the the energy in the household it could be that the person is learning to be more responsible by cleaning up and being more organized and taking care of their things. So maybe the animal is in a way demonstrating, Hey, you're not being responsible. You're not cleaning up. You're not taking care of what matters to you. So if you don't care about what matters, then I neither will I, I'm showing you that if you want right. your things to be cared for, it always depends on the unique family the unique human, what they're here to learn and resolve or what the energy is in their household or their home or their embodiment. But there's usually reasons. So this is one of the reasons why it's so helpful to learn and to know animal communication and telepathy. It's also so helpful to learn about energy because then you can understand what's at the root cause of it. So then it's not even just about don't kick the dog. It's about, hey, how is this serving me? How is this environment, this situation, yeah. circumstances, animal serving me so that I can grow and evolve so that I can become a better version of my own self so that I never have to kick the dog again? Because honestly, even if you are kicking the dog as a solution for your person who's doing that, that's not a solution. That just creates more pain and suffering in your life. Because we mm. know, as we talked earlier, what you give out is what you get back. It's reflection of self. So if you're kicking the dog, it's because somewhere within yourself, you're unhappy. You're not a, a caring a, or loving enough person, or somehow you haven't learned to embody care, love, or some something like that mm. is unresolved for you. And so the dog is there to help you to resolve whatever that issue is so that you can have an experience and embody more love, happiness, and joy within yourself, more of the light that you are. So this is why I say, again, full circle, if you can understand and look to this mirrored reflection in your life of kicking a dog as this example, just an example, like, why is this here? How can I resolve this? How is this serving me? You're going to uncover something that will help you to bring into, you know, to eliminate that trigger of the, of whatever it is that made you kick the dog in the first place so that you can resolve that within yourself. And then what happens is the vibration shifts, the energy shifts, the reality that you experience shifts. You don't have to kick a dog again. You're not angry. You're not frustrated. You're not letting out. You've learned some kind of new You've become some new energy. You've learned some kind of new outlet. Maybe you start exercising as a way to release your stress or go for walks or maybe, yeah, you start cleaning up your house or take some kind of new behavior or new way of being a new coping skill. Well, let's talk, let's talk about death and crossing over and reincarnation when it comes from the pet, the, the, the animal and pet perspective. So what, what, what does, uh, what do animals tell us about the crossing over process and what we should know because this is a really hard thing for a lot of people they are they have a hard time grieving and at the same time and I understand there's a grieving process but some 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 cultures will grieve for years and years and decades um in in there's many parts of Asia where um the grieving process is maybe like is a much much shorter time frame, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of months, but it doesn't go on for like decades and decades, like mm-hmm. like 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 some cultures do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a process to the grieving process, but the, at the same time, not just the, the living that has a grieving process, but also the living has a fear of death, 
mm-hmm. as well. And that is a big aspect of a lot of the things that we do, um, especially you know, with regards to, like you said earlier, like, you know, if you were going to get um, coronavirus, you have to be in the vibration to have that. And if you're not in the vibration to, to, to get that or be in fear of it, it, it it's really going to kind of bypass you, which is completely true. I, I, I have family members who had coronavirus, who is, who did get the shot and they still got it. They got it a couple of times. And, um, me and my family, my 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 spouse and kids, we we didn't get the shot, but we were not afraid to go over there and take care of them because they need someone to take care of them. We're not going to leave them hanging when they can't take care of themselves. They can barely go to the bathroom, so we went over to took care of them, did some basics, basic caregiver, um, so they can recover. And they recovered; it was fine. We had no fear, and we never caught it from yes, them. And done that a couple times. So that totally falls into line of what you were saying before. If you're in the fear of it, if you're in the vibration, if you're feeding into it, you're going to track it. You're going to make yourself less susceptible. You're, you're going to lower your immune system and make yourself more susceptible to attracting that experience. And if you do attract that experience, depending on your frequency, you can bypass it faster or you can bypass it slower. You know, totally. so it's a case by case. So um, for the, 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 the question of grieving and being fear of death. What do animals want us to know about the, that two process? Well, one of the first things is that animals are not as attached to their physical bodies as we are. They have the awareness that they can let go and still be alive. They understand that they're, they, they don't logic it the way do, we do. They're not sitting there and analyzing it the way we do or thinking it out. They just have awareness. So their awareness is, is that they're not just their body. Their awareness is, is that they are more than that. They are just aware of this. Mm-hmm. So they're not as attached to their physical form. They also have contracts to help us learn to deal with death and to experience the death and dying process in a mm-hmm. conscious way or in a, in a way that helps us learn non-attachment. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why they in general have shorter, tend to have most animals have shorter lifespans than humans so that they can help us to reconcile with this and they can help us learn about it, resolve it. You know, the other piece too, is that because they're teaching us um, about, about our own healing journey, you know, sometimes when an animal transitions, I'm just listening because there's something I'm supposed to say. Yeah. In every case, when an animal transitions, they leave behind a certain amount of life force for their human to help the human heal or resolve certain issues, whatever may have been the issues that the animal might've died from, or perhaps might've just been the life force of that animal that is unused that they no longer need. So the animal, the human who's left behind, who's their main partner in life, will all of a sudden um, have all kinds of knowings or gifts or awarenesses or talents or abilities that maybe they didn't have prior to that. And that doesn't happen every time, but the animal's always leaving behind some kind of life force. Another mm-hmm. part of the death and dying process that animals are here to help humans with is understanding love in a different way. Because in, the, in our human world, we judge human loss through death mm-hmm. as like worse or more traumatic or a bigger deal mm-hmm. than the loss of an animal companion. But in reality, love is love. 
So for someone like me, I don't have children. My, my animals have been my children. I don't, I'm not married. I don't have a family in the traditional sense. My animals have been my family members. And so what they've taught me through their, the different animals who have crossed over is that love is love. It doesn't matter what the body is, right? Love is love. The bond we share is equally valid regardless of the type of body. So animals are teaching us this and they're helping us to know like your grief, your loss is just as valid when you lose an animal as it is when you lose a human to death, that grief, that love bond, it's that love bond is eternal. And the grief is just as valid. The other part I want to say, and by the way, humans are learning this now with the whole, you know, he, she, they, them, their pronouns, you know, and the gender, some of the gender confusion, you know, and gender, you know, transgender experience doesn't matter what body you're in. You are lovable. You have value. You have worth. And you can love someone in another body. Doesn't matter if they're same gender, other gender, transgender. This is part of that learning. This is a similar lesson, just not, you know, it's the same kind of lesson. Love is love and all beings are lovable, regardless of what kind of body they're in. And any shared bond between different beings is just as real and valid, no matter what. But the other piece I wanted to say about this transition part is that when it comes to the grief, because you asked about that too, you know, all I know is the, the times that I lost my animals it was the most pain. Even my brother, I that was an enormous amount of pain losing my brother. But the animal loss for me was even more because they were so close to me. That bond was so strong and so deep. And so the pain and the suffering of the grief, I probably could not have handled that if I wasn't a healer and if I hadn't worked with healers because it was too much for me to handle. So I will say, if you're a person who's lost an animal, companion, especially recently, but no matter when it was, and if you're still carrying the grief and the pain of the loss, and especially guilt, we, we take on guilt. We take on mm-hmm. survivor's guilt. We do a whole lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. If only I had this, you know, if only I had that. I mean, we think that regardless of whether it's an animal or a human that we've lost to death, some form mm-hmm. of death, we, we take on survivor's guilt. Those are traumas we carry in our energy field, that, yep. that guilt, that grief. And to me, that is a time to go to a real healer because yeah. the healer, you don't have to carry that pain and suffering. Yeah. One in things- your, in your body or in your energy field, because it well, leaves you open for illness painful it just painful yeah it absolutely weakens your immunity you're 100 Mm -hmm. right leaves you open for all kinds of other problems but 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 you know what else the animals say Mm -hmm. all the time they say please don't suffer because of my leaving right celebrate our journey together they say it all the time case after case the animal says i want my human to celebrate our growth together, to celebrate Mm -hmm. our relationship, to celebrate what we learned, what we healed, how we grew together, how we evolved. And a lot of times, so many times, the animal who transitioned is still going to stick around for a while, however long they need, they're needed Mm -hmm. as a guide to the human 
So they still, they're still with you, just not in form. And I know that's not the same. I know that doesn't heal the grief, but it, it, it is helpful to know that they're still with you. But if your grief is in the way or your pain and suffering is in the way, it's harder to make that real authentic connection with them because the density of the emotional pain and grief and trauma of the loss gets mm-hmm. in the way of that pure connection that is available. Does that make right. sense? That definitely that makes sense. And so my next question goes full circle in this conversation. What about reincarnation of pets? Yeah. Oh yeah, that totally can happen. In fact, it depends again on the souls, all the souls involved because every soul is on their journey. But so let's say I have a, a very dear friend who has this dog. She swears that this dog has reincarnated four times. Uh-huh. And it's the same dog. She gets the same breed. Uh-huh. And I mean, as far as I can tell, and I haven't like psychically invaded her space, but she's given me little bits of opportunity to tune in with her. Uh-huh. I get that that is true. So, yeah. you know, soul a soul can progress and come back over and over again to the same family. And that if that soul who has presented as a dog wants to come back in the same type of dog's body again, they can. Mm -hmm. They can also choose something else. Because then can they choose to be human? Can they choose the human incarnation sometimes? Okay, I I, yes, they marry you like somebody like somebody marries the reincarnation of their dog. (laughs) Okay, well let me I'm gonna share a story about that. Most humans, most animals, when you communicate with them telepathically. Okay, there's a lot of first. First, let me say this: there's a lot of religions, especially um, like like Tibetan, maybe Buddhism. A lot of religions uh-huh. who believe that animals are attempting to reincarnate to become human. Yeah, they're just learning. Right, yeah, like because they're perceiving those humans and those religions in that particular paradigm mm-hmm. are coming from a hierarchical perspective right. that you advance when you yep. go from animal to human. If you communicate telepathically with an animal, that is not the case. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Animals, what, what, what do they say? Most animals say, I don't want to become a human. It's so much harder to be a human. I just, <laughs> yeah. like, they want to experience life in different forms as animals. However, right. it's certainly not uncommon. It's not absolutely uncommon or unknown mm-hmm. that an animal wouldn't become a human. They can, they certainly can. And that's available to them if they choose it. Just most of them don't choose it. Most of them don't. But remember I said my dog Kiko, who was so afraid of humans. Yeah. In my life to get with her, she came everywhere. She did. She was like one of the girls. Mm -hmm. She became one of us. She became like a human in her life because her journey was to eliminate fear of humans. And she picked me to help her. And I picked her to help her with me, that with me unconsciously. Well, after she transitioned, I work with multiple friends, but also on my own, wanted to know like, where is she progressing? Where is she going? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't even tell you some of the things that were shown to me, but we lived in Florida for most of our life together, even though I got her when I was living in Maui. And she, um, she uh, showed me in the after, in her afterlife, I asked her, where are you going? Show me. And you know, I was shown first this blank screen, like that could help me know, like, okay, I'm going to start you from scratch. And I saw a baby's room. I saw the crib. I saw balloons in the baby's room with like Mickey Mouse heads. I Mm -hmm. saw the colors of the room. I saw the house overall. I saw the pregnant mommy 
the human pregnant mommy, young woman, and a human pregnant daddy. I saw the house and home was in the environment of Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. I saw that, that it all expanded. So I understood when she was showing me that she was going to reincarnate as this baby. And that's why she had to leave when she did, because this woman was almost full term. The soul had to transfer to that. Yes. And it's funny that they pick the same, they pick Florida, huh? She went of all the places. She's like, I want Florida. Well, it it was the environment that she knew. So I I didn't ask more, but yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, I just was like, when it was being shown to me, I was just, I didn't, you know, it was just getting little bits. It was expanding, expanding, expanding. And that's when I realized she mm-hmm. was coming back as that baby. It wasn't until I saw the pregnant mommy. At first I was like, why am I being shown Mickey Mouse ears and a balloon? Like, what is this? Why is this relevant? Synchronicity. Synchronicity would say there is a high potentiality that that child grows up and somehow gets in contact with you in some weird kind of way. Oh, I would love that. And you're like, God, why do I feel like I know you? And I want to like scratch you behind the head. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, I, yeah. So like, because all of going back to the soul contracts, everybody is our soul family. Everybody yeah. that we interact with is part of our soul family on, you know, a certain frequency. Because ultimately, we're all connected. We're all part of one source yeah. of infinite love, infinite consciousness, infinite awareness. And, you know, we're all just fractalized aspects of that source and we tend to hang out in sort of we could call them soul family tribes in the non-physical right we're part right of right right well that's, let's- that's not limited to gender or physical form or you know type of species it's or race or anything it's just soul right. Right. we're just all having our own experiences for yes. so all experiences uh, within infinity yeah. Let me share uh, another thing if I could. Yes. I was, after Betty White transitioned, okay. I had her come. I didn't do it on purpose. She came. It was like within okay. 24 or 48 hours after her crossing. And I mean, I've had a lot of famous beings. When did she cross with you? Uh, when was the first time she crossed with you? Oh, I don't know. This was within the last year, I think, right? When Betty White transitioned. Oh, okay. I've, I've had, I've lived in, um, parallel realities where she transitioned oh, okay. many years ago okay, and then it's transitioned again in this one so right i get that okay but in linear time as it uh, that's very cool but in linear time to, the, to my knowledge of her linear time when she was like 99 to whatever it was a few days short of 100 mm-hmm. it's publicly made a public in this linear time frame of when she transitioned i had her come in i didn't do it on purpose but she was like oh I'm here. You thought of me. And what she was sharing was how many beings there were. It was like a super highway of just Mm -hmm. beings and that everyone was just aware. And all you had to do was have an awareness and then you'd be there and you'd be Mm -hmm. aware of this, aware of that, aware, aware here. Go, And you just have like in the non-physical, just a thought to be somewhere. And it was just such an, it was so incredibly eye-opening for me because what mm-hmm. she was saying was like I'm here you had a thought of me I'm here I became mm-hmm. aware of you through your awareness of me and here I yeah. am and she's like she's just talking about how much life is so wonderful and everything's just so much fun and she's telling people to just live your life in joy because and essentially she was saying it never ends and even here she was talking about how 
in the and this is on my YouTube channel, by the way. It was I put it up there. But she was talking about how you don't you're not aware in the physical world when you're alive of all the things that are happening, like behind the curtain. She said it's the same thing when you're on stage. She, she was on stage. You're in the audience. You're not aware of everything going on behind the curtain. It's the same thing in the physical form. You're not aware of all the non-physical things going on around you but mm-hmm. it's just like when you're on stage and you're in the audience behind the curtain there's so many things going on like there's so much going on in the non-physical and she's like just the more awareness you can have the more you're going to know about that but in the meantime just be in joy because the more joy yeah. you're having in your life the more likely you're going to have more joy in the non-physical too because yeah. it's all still the energy that continues to advance you even yeah. after transition. Well, that's how con- that's how consciousness works. You just focus. Yeah. It, it. What is your intention, and then just focus on the intention. That's how you manifest. That's also how you travel to different parallel realities that are a higher frequency, have more options, and a better outcome for X X X that you are focusing on. Focus on the outcome that you would like to experience in whatever the area. Um, you know. So my my brother he's handicapped and. Um, he has cerebral palsy and he's like in his late mid thirties and he's the oldest person with cerebral palsy in the United States to actually study him. And um, and so he's a case study for how to keep um, somebody with with CP living longer. Mm. And um, if he transitions when he wants to, that's great. But if he doesn't want to transition um, any sooner than we would love to have him with us, I would love to still have him in my life and my children's life to, um to experience that and so i just focus on the reality that he is still healthy and active and that's mm-hmm. also all i focus on and yes. so i don't focus on the ending i just focus on still healthy and active and and um and that he's having a great life and yes. enjoying our company so yes. let, let's do a quick little exercise before we close out so that because you do teach this stuff okay so you do write about how to do pet telepathic communication and you do teach it on your website as well you have courses so let's give a, the audience a little taste on how to do pet communication so i'm going to share my screen okay so you see my screen here yeah okay so this is um this is our our newest pet in in our family this is a our Mr. tortoise Stumpy? Mr. Stumpy, which is really funny because, you know, you had the horse experience when you were communicating with um, Stumped, the horse. Um, and, and then it was funny when you said that you had a dog named Kiko because my mother-in-law, her, one of her favorite dogs was Kiko as well. So there's a lot of synchronicities here. I think I was supposed to look interview you. Um, but anyway, so this is Stumpy and we had gotten him. And so he loves to eat. He loves to eat. He does the bushes. Well, I'm going to say some of the things he's saying right away. First, he is enjoying witnessing you. This is what I hear. I could almost translate it in his words rather than translate it for him. But he is enjoying witnessing you as a conscious observer, not only of him. But of your life, he is witnessing you, witnessing him, witnessing awareness. So he enjoys 
He enjoys the witnessing. He enjoys, and he is very aware of all this witnessing. It's funny because we were talking about witnessing earlier, but that's what he's using. That's what I'm hearing from him. So his awareness, he watches you watching him, but also he's watching you as you are peering into different realities Mm -hmm. and different aspects of reality, different aspects of life. Even you, the interviewer now, there is this awareness. Okay, so he's learning by watching and also watching us. And enjoying enjoying. enjoying it. Okay, overall, turtles often have the message of like, you know, they're often their messages go go slow and steady. You know, slow and steady wins the race. Mm -hmm. So that message is there too. Like you don't have to be in a rush to get anywhere. Um, Everything in divine timing. And he says, you have this knowing already within you, but this is also part of what he's bringing forward. Also, uh, there's more. There, There is what I'm hearing from him too, is a being that he was connected to who was a, either a lizard, but some kind of reptilian type of animal. I'm asking, was it a turtle or a lizard? No, it was a lizard. Did you get him? You didn't get him at a pet store, did you? Mm-hmm. I got him at a pet store. Because in the glass next to him, he's showing me the glass in the pet store next to him was a lizard who he was friendly with. Uh-huh. You know? And he's just wondering what happened to that. Oh, my goodness. You- stumpy, stumpy. Oh, Lori, you are so good. Um, is there anything else before I, I speak? Is there anything else that you get from it? Hold on. Okay. There were also fish around him. Snail or fish in submerged in water in a tank near him too. He made friends with them. He enjoys, he would enjoy being close to in proximation with other animals who would not invade or infringe on his liberty of space. So he likes the space, but he also would like the interaction. Does this make sense? Yes, this is. Um, is that it so far? I can go but, on. That, okay, but, but for the ones that we need, right? Okay, so I'm going to stop. Let me ask if there's anything else. Let me just ask them. Uh, well, there is gratitude. Thank you for bringing me into your life. There's definitely gratitude. I'm happy and grateful for this experience and for this opportunity to be with you. I'm also happy and grateful to be surrounded by people. He says, these are his words. I'm happy and grateful to be surrounded by people who love me. I am aware that not all people are as loving and kind as my family, my humans. And are there children in your household too? Yes. I have a um, seven-year-old and a four. Right. So the children are looking in too at him and he likes the children. He likes the children. He enjoys their wonder. He's saying they are full of wonderment. They are in wonderment about me. And I love this. I love the children in so much wonder. He enjoys the innocence of the children who are in wonderment. And he says, I would like to feel and experience a part of why I came here is for the wonderment. And I would like for other people to become more 
more involved with this wonderment to wonder about their reality. Because if more people would wonder about reality, about one another, about life, they would have more wonderful experiences. This is what he's saying. This is what I'm translating. And I'm understanding these to be his exact words in that case. about the ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let me fill you in. I'm so glad yeah. to hear because I was going to ask you, what is Mr. Stumpy thinking? <laughs> because I have... My husband and I have been have discussions on how to improve his habitat because we think he's kind of sad. So, and, uh, so basically, um, when we started, we got him this what you saw a a a home where there's a he can see out, and we we noticed that he likes to come up and look around. And so we would give him his food because uh, like oh he must be hungry. We'll give him some food, and then my husband upgraded him to an even bigger place that um, kind of like a super condo for tortoises in the house and he built it himself he spent the whole week in you know building it and all and it's, it's a beautiful sanctuary however there is no windows because we had read that tortoises don't really like windows and they don't like to look out um, other things that scares them so he had made it completely enclosed all wood so it looks almost like a little prison but it's a nice one and I said, I don't know. I think he likes to see out. And um, and so so we have been getting the feeling that he wants to see out and see everybody and see, have everybody see him. So he wants to see out. And so we're this weekend going to um, customize his habitat so that he has a viewing panel so he can see the house, the rest of the house. And so you were like right there touching on the fact that he likes to see out. And that is exactly what we were wondering was like, does he not like his habitat? Um, oh, and you could have asked me those questions directly. I just went into it because you went into it and that was perfect. That was nice to sort of get what you get before someone tells you anything, you know, but I definitely can always answer direct questions too. I mean, sometimes the animals don't because my kind of animal communication isn't always like, do you like your red ball? Do you like your pet sitter? It's what the animal wants to bring. Yeah. So I always lead with, what do you want me to share? You yeah. Know, you like went right into it. It was like, yeah. yeah, it was like so perfect because, uh, because, because we were, we were wondering about how do we upgrade his home? Because we think he wants to see, we're, we're not going to listen to the, um, to the, uh, the advice of what tortoise is like uh, there. So we're going to just make a panel so he can see out because we think he wants to come because he comes out yeah. and he looks at the wall and just sits there and stares at it. And we're like, well, he uses yeah. to stare at everybody else. So yeah. we, we, so that confirms that, that he yeah. likes to look out. So that's good. The other thing is we did get him at a, at a um, animal, sh uh, a pet shop and the habitat next to him was another glass reptile um enclosure and it was a little lizard that lived there and right above it was an aquarium of fish <laughs> that's so funny so you got I that mean, right it never surprises me but it always surprises me yeah I'm yeah right on and i mean I you were like up. i never even yeah, no, you, lizard before i mean the yeah well you can say yeah you got you got it from a pet you got it you can you can guess that you got it from a pet shop okay fine sure no problem that's an easy that's an easy guess but yeah, except for you, I could have also said, you, you, did you get them from a breeder? Did you get them from a rescuer? Did you right. Get like, I live in Florida. The turtles are everywhere. People take turtles in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but 
are you going to just say that there's a lizard that lives next door and maybe there's a fish somewhere close by that he's he's talking to but yeah of all the animals that he could be in there's a lizard next door and the and the fish right above him and that was that was how we found him um and the other thing is it's really good to know that he's in gratitude because my husband and I always sit in there you know we're we'll be sitting there over cocktails looking into the the tortoise house and we're like well we're gonna upgrade you because we've just been feeling for a while that you just you know you like the the extra large super dope space but you really wanted to have some viewing of everybody and we want to see what you're doing too so but we we always have questions my husband's always like do you think mr stumpy's sad does he like us are we good pet parents and he's always having these kind of questions and I'm i didn't like, get any sadness from him that way that's good so it's I, nice I, to I know that feel the energy of sadness i felt the energy of that enthusiastic wonder like the excitement about wonder. And even that now, as you're saying that to me, like this is my interpretation, not what I'm getting directly from him, but just intuitively, you know, you're wondering, hey, how can we make his life better? That's an and that's an expression of love. Mm-hmm. The one thing he did keep lighting up was there's love here. There's a lot of love here. I'm grateful for that love. And to me, that all makes sense, you know, so yeah, so that's that's nice to know that you know because we because I'm always like, oh honey, you're just over, you know, this you're over, you're over, and you're over paranoid. The the, the turtle <laughs> loves his happy his sanctuary, no, and that's so sweet. Like it's so nice. I I have a friend. She calls me every day. She's like, am I walk taking care of my dog enough? Am I walking her enough? Am I doing? Yeah. Like, am I giving her enough love? Worry, but we want to do our best for them. That's awesome that you're. You know, you want yeah. to do best. And the other thing is the children um, was super excited to have um, to for us to adopt a tortoise. And it was not just a water turtle, but it was a land tortoise so they can take him out to the yard and play with him and, you know, kind of hang out. He can we are outside. He goes outside with us in his little enclosure um, that my husband made for him. So he's out there in the yard, digging into the yard. So he's out there with us. When we go to the beach house, when we go to the beach, mm-hmm. he goes out there and he d- digs a hole underneath the log and underneath mm-hmm. the sand and, and, and all that because he hangs out with us there. And so one of the questions that, that I had for you was, because um, my husband is paranoid, like, I don't think the kids are supposed to be grabbing onto the turtle and, and walking around with it. I, I think it's, it's scaring the turtle. And you just answered the question that the, the turtle loves hanging out and being with the kids. Yeah. So you like bing, bing, I mean, bing, bing, bing. Wanna, they still want to be respectful of his body, but he loves them. He knows that they love him. Yeah, they do. And we do want to introduce another pet into the picture. We wanted to introduce a dog. We're waiting for our son to be fully potty trained for them, both of them to be a little bit older so that they can be at least respectful mini pet parents. Um, so the, so we're waiting a little bit longer, but he is going to have another pet, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> awesome. come into come into it. So you like you like hit it right out of the ballpark. So what is a quick little uh, technique that people can do to kind of get an entry taste of pet communication? Do you have something like a, a quick thing? Oh, and of course, okay, if they well, want to get the expansive course, they can get it off of your website, yeah. which is well, in the show description. They can go to Amazon and look up my name and they can mm-hmm. get a book, which there's a you know book on Kindle and there's, there's also a workbook that's a step-by-step. Yeah, which is in the show description, everyone, right. if you to, oh, to go further into this as well, because yeah. we want you to learn to do this for yourself yeah. and then teach it to somebody else. Yeah. So, But what is a quick little technique that you can teach all of us right now? So, so one thing, if everybody right now were to just take 
the image, you can either have an image or just in your mind of your animal companion, just have them in your mind and just start to breathe in the energy of love. So just know that all energy exists all the time. And with your intention, just breathe in the energy of love. And and let's even identify this love as God's love, which I call primordial love. It's not human interpretation of what love is. It's just the energy of pure divine love. So just start breathing in that energy. So this is the, the, the number one language of animals is the language of energy. So you're breathing in this love, God's love, and you're doing it because I'm totally tuned in with you and I can feel it now too with you. As an empath, I can feel that energy shifting, right? Because you're doing it. But whoever's on listening, just start breathing in this energy of love. Feel it move through your body and with your animal's image in your mind or even in your hands, if you had like a picture, just energetically expand and or send that love to that animal. Now, there's no way to do it wrong. Just do it. Just know that the part of you that knows how to do it will do it because you already know within you. So you just breathe in God's divine, primordial, perfect love. And then send it to that animal. Even though the animal's not necessarily in the room with you physically, even though the animal exists in your mind's awareness, the animal will receive and sense and receive the energy of that love and know that it is coming from you. This is how you send an energetic message. So easy. And now if you wanted to ask something of that animal, you could do one more thing. You just ask the question, a good question to start with. Always your, it's good to practice with your own animal, an animal that you any animal that you know, not some unknown animal, right? So we'll just stay with the same animal. And you can just ask with your mind's awareness, you ask the question, what can you share with me? Or what would you be willing to share with me right now? You just ask that question in your mind. What are you willing to share with me right now? And then you release the question as if you're sending it to that animal who's either in your mind or just the picture in your hands, either way. And let go, just let go of the question like you're just posing it, letting go. And then just breathe and relax and allow. Just breathe, relax. And then become aware of whatever you receive. Notice what you notice. Hear what you hear, sense what you sense, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then let it be. And you come back, right? Now, just that's just moments. Did you happen to get anything or do it with your turtle or anyone else? I did. I, I, I was looking at the video of the turtle and I said, the only, the only message I wanted to send is like, we love you. I, knew, <laughs> I, got, I love you too. Awesome. <laughs> I love you all too. And so, you know, some people will think in the moment they didn't get anything, but that's okay because, you know, if you're brand new and you've never done it before, that's usually the first thing that happens the first time. You think you don't get anything. You just keep practicing. Keep trying. You'd be amazed. Yeah. We can all do it. We all have the abilities. And a couple other things. Is we Not only can we all learn how to do it, there's things we didn't really say, but you have to learn how to get into a theta brainwave. I teach particular techniques to get into that. Mm-hmm. It's a universal brainwave frequency. You learn how to get sensitive and use your heart, your open heart 
multidimensional heart to mm-hmm. communicate that way. We have brain matter in our heart. We have brain matter in our gut. We can develop that. That is scientific. All the ways to communicate mm-hmm. telepathically with another living being are scientifically valid yep. once we learn what that is. And then we practice and develop our abilities, just like growing a muscle in a gym. Mm-hmm. Same same type of thing. So we all have these abilities. We all can do it. There's no one that can't, but it is a matter of practice. You don't just go into the gym once, lift a thing and think your muscle is going to grow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Apply and we, we do it repeatedly and we can all develop. And then you get really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Buddhism, they basically say that everybody's already born of a sixth sense. You have to grow into it spiritually. So the way to understand that is that every baby is born and then they're all about the baby size. But then as they grow, some children have the potential to jump really high. Some children have the potential to um, be really strong. And so depending on what they were born with um, in this incarnation, they will grow physically into um, that adolescent body and into that adult body to be the size to jump really high or be really strong. And just like anything else, if let's say you're naturally athletic, you have to work on it and you have to train on, um, on your natural ability and kind of like refine that and get really good with that. It's the same thing with spiritual um, uh, abilities. Everybody is born with spiritual abilities. Some people have some that they have brought in with them that are a little bit more unique than others, but the way to activate your spiritual abilities and is to continue to raise your consciousness and your energy field. And as your frequency is higher, then you finally tap into the energy level required to open up that sixth sense, whatever that sixth sense. And as you go higher and higher, you open up more six senses because different six senses are at different frequencies of energy so you have to raise and basically spiritually evolve your consciousness to get to that part and then boom something comes up and then boom another sixth sense comes up and then you integrate it and integrate it and work with it just like you have integrated how to walk run talk etc so all the same thing nothing woo woo all very very logical um well do you have a last message for people the last message that we can you know, love think, in the fifth yeah. dimension with our pets even more. Yeah. One thing, actually, if I could, I'll say two things. One is for you and for anyone who wants to have an animal is to write down the qualities that you believe are the right, you know, the perfect companion or the ideal companion for you. Like for you, you want to make sure your new animal likes or gets along with turtles and other animals. And it's also very good with babies since you have a child young child. So, so, you know, whatever, whatever are the most important qualities. And then you, you call forward because from within your soul group, that being has already been selected by you, as we mm-hmm. talked about already. So you call forward and you say, come forward into our physical life. Let us meet up in a perfect and divine way. And you just focus on that energy of love that we already practiced and start mm-hmm. calling forward to you that unique soul that's meant to be with you, who has and embodies those qualities and those ways of being. And always ask for it to be in a divine way, you know, in God's, in, according to God's divine plan for your soul's connections, for your most benevolent best. And this is like such a great way to bring forward the right family match for you, right? In right timing. So that's one thing. 
And the only other thing I want to say is that one of the key messages that the animals say over and over again about how we can help them is to focus, as we were saying earlier, not to focus on their pain or suffering or the wrongness is done, but to focus on everything that's gets going on in the world that's improving for them. That cows want more green pastures and more pasture raised, that chickens want to be free range, um, pasture raised, that 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 the, the animals are now being fed more and more humane, they're being treated more humanely, that 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 even our animal companions, more healthy, humanely raised pet food that's not just store-bought cookies in a bag. More of that's coming out. They want you to focus on what's positive and good for them and ask for more of that. It's the same principle as law of attraction, right? They're mm-hmm. asking for us to focus on what's good, what's right, what's positive, not to resist or deny the negative, but just to allow ourselves to bring about more of what's good for all, because that's what they want for us. That's what they want for themselves too. So I hope that's helpful. That is such a wonderful last message. Well, Miss Lori Spagna, I very, very much enjoyed our conversation going over telepathic pet communication techniques. So for more information about Lori Spagna's offerings and to learn how to communicate with your pets and animals in your life today, go to her website, which is Lori, L-O-R-I, Spagna, S-P-A-G-N-A dot com. And thank you. Oh, can I kindly. give a gift? Is that all right? If I give yes, a go ahead. Go, what's the gift? Oh, love this. They can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts, and they will get a free class on learning animal communication and how they can start. They'll also get a free class on developing their own psychic intuitive gifts. And if they also go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts, forward slash animals, they will get a incredible whole group of classes and meditations on um, and practices on how to not only communicate telepathically with animals, but also how to heal animals and how to be of service to animals on a global scale. So it's lauriespania.com forward slash free gifts for the first set of gifts. And then the second set of gifts is lauriespania.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. And people will <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. Shasta the dog is like, give me love, kiss, 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 lick, 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 all over your face. So, um, and so I'm going to put that in the show description as well, you guys. So thank you kindly yeah, thank for you. listening. Yes. So for listening for to you. another enlightening conversation. Until next time. Blessings. Mwah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.